This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. So why do seagulls live near the sea? Because if they live near the bay, they'd be bagels. Welcome to Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. So, spread your wings and get ready to fly with your Wings and Things host, bird expert and author, Susan Chamberlain. Welcome to Pet Life Radio. I'm Susan Chamberlain, your host of Wings and Things, where it's always all about pet birds. And this time we're going to address some questions from listeners and readers and bird owners everywhere. We're going to be talking about plants and poop and a few other things that are really concerning bird owners today. Don't fly away. We'll be right back with our sound engineer and guest, Roberta Fabiano, with her mitered conure ratchet. Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think, one bird said to the other. Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Pretty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's talk pets on petliferadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Okay, we're back on Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. You know, in nearly 30 years of parrot parenthood, I've seen a lot of changes. When wild-caught parrots were the ones offered for sale, taming them was a big issue. Now the availability of domestically bred, hand-reared baby birds is the norm rather than the exception. Although behavior issues are still important, the focus is on training and behavior modification rather than taming. 
Cages have improved to better accommodate specific bird species and to suit the aesthetic and maintenance needs of their human companions. Remember the days when moths routinely flew out of a newly opened package of birdseed? Well, we now have access to varied and formulated avian menus instead of seed-only diets, and the packages improve dramatically. We no longer have flocks of moths flying out of them. Some things don't change, however. Bird owners often write, phone, or email me about household toxins, cleaning, health matters, and safety concerns. I could expound about the dangers of non-stick cookware and appliances every single week. Fumes emitted from heated non-stick cookware and appliances can kill pet birds very quickly. This time, I've received some questions about plants for an aviary and some problematic poop. Poop happens. And Roberta Fabiano is here to help me with some of these questions and give me some of her import. Welcome, Roberta. Welcome, hey, Ratchet. It's great to be back, Susan. And here's Ratchet. I'm trying to get her to sing. Come on, Ratch. Right. Ratchet, come on. Sing, sing, sing. Come on. Sing, come on. Shake your booty. Go. Shake your all right. Come on, Roberta. Is Ratchet ever really going to sing she on does Pet sing, Life Radio? She will sing. You have to stay tuned. Okay. She we'll wants everyone to listen. That's why she's not uh, listen and just wait in, in excitement, you know, anticipation. Okay. Well, we won't get her too excited. We won't talk about the poop first. Let's talk about Good the idea. plants. Do you have a question here from somebody? All right. Somebody? We see our first question. It says, I would like to add some plants to my aviary. Do you have a list of poisonous and non-poisonous plants, or can you tell me where to get a list? Well, you know, at first glance, this request is pretty easy. Bird Talk magazine frequently features lists of toxic and non-toxic plants. Many bird care books and online resources also list plants believed to be safe or non-safe to display where birds are present. A planted aviary can be beautiful and beneficial to the birds inside, but there are many other factors to consider when adding plants and soil to the avian environment. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Climate, the right. species of the bird, the aviary size, mm -hmm. and the location are also very important considerations. Mm -hmm. You know, the person didn't mention whether the aviary was indoors or outdoors. Oh, that's important. Yeah, definitely. If it's outdoors, you know, are the plants and soil in a sheltered area? Or are they right. open to sunshine and other elements? I guess it's natural for your bird to go after the greenery, right? And they just do. My bird does. Yeah, it's pretty it's, natural, It must be an instinct. You know? Mm-hmm. It definitely is. You know, in the wild, they strip bark from trees because there are good nutrients underneath the bark. But in the wild, they, you know, in South America, the birds, the Amazons and the macaws and even the conures, they go to these clay licks. Oh, right, and, right. And they eat the clay off of these cliffs, and they think that clay counteracts some of the toxins in the plants. And, you know, in your home, we don't really have any such thing. So we have to be careful to keep our birds away from toxic plants. Well, I was told that laurel was good for our birds like a bar like if you wanted to put a branch of laurel in the cage well i'm you know not i'm not quite sure about laurel being on or off a safe plant list and one of the things about safe and toxic plant lists is that they often change you know new discoveries are made about whether a plant is safe or whether a plant may be toxic or an implant 
<laughs> when is a plant not a plant? When is an no, implant? Okay. You know, um, there are other things, too. Does the aviary have a soil, gravel, or concrete floor? How big are the birds? You know, while small birds often find refuge in sheltering branches, larger hookbills may simply shred the leaves, make a horrible mess, strip the bark from the tree limbs, and poop all over everything. You know, I'm not a really big fan of planted indoor aviaries because it's difficult to control the mold and mildew in a humid, controlled environment. And unless it's scrupulously cleaned up every single day, the leaves from the plants, bird droppings, discarded food, all of that will contribute to bacterial growth and development of mold on the soil and plant parts. Here's a question, though. What about plastic plant or, or a silk plant? Well, I don't know about the silk plants. You know, they you don't know what they've been treated with. You know how when you have a silk scarf, the silk scarf is nice and soft and it flows. Right. And when you see a silk plant, it's kind of stiff and standing mm-hmm. up straight. You know, what else is in that silk? Right. What kind of sizing? Um, are there little wires in the silk leaves that could possibly injure your bird? I, I would kind of stay away from them. A lot of them are imported. The dyes and um, the fabric treatments may not be safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, some plastic plants, you know, that might be nice in an aviary with finches or budgies or um, canaries, you know, birds that aren't going to chew on them. But don't underestimate your budgie. I mean, they they can be darn little beavers and really chew on things. Those budgies, I, my budgie is like destroyed perches and, and toys. She's like the, the little woodchopper. She's the Godzilla. Yeah, she, <laughs> budgiezilla. <laughs> but, you know, if the bird isn't going to be able to chew on it, one of the advantages of plastic plants is you can take them out and simply wash them. So that's a good thing. It, it'll give you the look without mm-hmm. um, the maintenance. Okay. But with big birds, again, you know, big birds have big beaks. They could ruin it and um, make a big giant mess and possibly be damaged if they actually ingest the plastic. But I like to use potted plants where birds are housed indoors. You know, I wouldn't advise hollowing out your floor and uh, and, and building uh, a... Who would a, do that? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I've been in houses where people have atriums and they have built uh, planters built into the floor. And it, it's very nice. It, it looks quite lovely, but it's kind of humid in there. And it's a great environment for the plants, but I'm just not sure about the birds. You know, I, I'm really worried about the mold and mildew. But if you're using greenery indoors, you know, spider plants are generally safe. You can place it on the floor or hanging from ceiling hooks around your bird's cage. You'll get the look without without the danger there. Mm-hmm. And they can be easily located away from the cage. You can take the plant into the shower and wash it in case your bird does vomit wow. or throw food on it. <laughs> <That's a good> <laughs> And you have to watch, you know, the bugs. Um, Sometimes the soil and the plants or the plants themselves can draw like mealybugs and spider mites and and all that kind of thing. A mealybug looks like a little dot of cotton on a plant. Hmm. And you might not notice them right away, but they can really invest the plant and suck the life out of it. They're usually on the backside of the of the leaf. But where do they come from? How do they just 
I don't evolve know. I, I, I don't know. I think they're kind of ubiquitous in the atmosphere because I, I've gotten them on an umbrella plant that I have up at the top of my stair landing. Mm-hmm. And I had that plant there for years. And um, all of a sudden, there were mealybugs on it. You know, yeah. maybe they came in the house on another plant. Maybe the right. eggs were airborne or something. Can people carry them on their clothes? Anything like that, do you think? Uh, I don't think it's very likely. Yeah. You know, they're kind of sticky. They kind of have the con- the the consistency of cotton candy. Really? Could they get onto the bird's skin or anything? No, they're- no. They wouldn't like the bird's skin. They oh, they like okay. plants. They don't like um, they don't like human. They don't suck blood. Ugh. They just okay. suck the life out of the plants. But. You know, when you're planting things in your house, repot your plants whenever they become root-bound. Use clean pots to reduce risk of mold and other contaminants. And, you know, although many veterinarians advise against providing pet birds with grit or gravel, I add a layer of bird gravel on top of the soil in my houseplant pots. You know, it looks attractive, and it gives you a layer of protection from errant birds foraging in the soil. Uh, what is the bird gravel again? Um, it's the- bird gravel. I guess it's it's like quartz or grant. It's a grit. It's sold in pet stores. Uh, years ago, people always used to get bird gravel for their birds. They needed for the a- birds to, to chew on or well, they they kind of put it in the crop or something. They kind of eat it and put it in their crop. And you know, it's it's really been discovered that the necessity for bird gravel really isn't there uh-huh. and that one or two grains of gravel in an entire year are usually sufficient. So I just use the gravel for the um, for the house plants. It sweetens the soil because it has some charcoal in it mm-hmm. and, and, and it looks nice. Is so like what, what uh, people put coffee in the, the soil sometimes to help it to coffee grinds. I guess so. I guess that, that? Yeah. I've heard, I've heard of it, but I I don't really know why people do it. I guess it adds some element to um to the soil. Mm-hmm. Does it does something mm-hmm. really good? But um one way I reduce mold development from my houseplant soil is I spray the soil very lightly with white vinegar every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah, I I kind of discovered that by accident. And you, and you know it's not harmful. No, not so harmful to your plants at all. Um, I don't spray it on the plants, actually. I just do a spritz onto the soil. One time, I looked at one of my plants, and there were mushrooms growing in there. Oh, my um, God. I know, mushrooms. And I said, oh, my goodness, this means we got mold spores in here if mushrooms are growing. There's a fungus among us. Uh-oh. So I went and got my spray bottle of vinegar. I always keep vinegar in a spray I bottle. Too. I use it to clean um, cage parts and clean counters and mm-hmm. all that stuff. My mm-hmm. house smells like a salad. <laughs> so I, I, sprayed them, I sprayed it lightly with the white vinegar. And 24 hours later, the mushrooms were gone. Wow. Shriveled up and disappeared. Wow. So that was that was really an interesting experiment. I yeah. should have known that in grade school. It would have been fun to do, you know. Yeah. How to make a mushroom disappear. <laughs> but it won't it won't work on people if you if you don't like mushrooms and someone serves you a plate of mushrooms, it won't work on those. Sorry. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um some other things that are really good, you know, when you when you have house plants around your bird is make sure you have adequate ventilation. 
Um, sunshine is a great purifier. And the use of an air filter is great. It'll help improve the air quality and help filter out, you know, mold and mildew spores that might be traveling around there. And outdoor aviaries. They are very interesting. I have a friend in Florida who has an outdoor aviary. And it has a pond. It's got trees. It's got landing platforms for parrots. And he's got a flock of guinea hens running around under the flights eating the bugs. Oh. Yeah. Not all of us can have guinea hens. but What are are guinea hens again? Oh, they're they're a type of chicken. I guess they're from New Guinea. Mm-hmm. But they're they're a type of chicken. They're insectivorous, and they just run around hunting and pecking for bugs all day. And from what I hear, they're kind of noisy too. But do not they a, fly though? I don't know. I don't think so. So are they eating the bugs that did. maybe the parrots should be eating, or we don't want our parrots to eat bugs? Well, I don't think I want my parrots to eat bugs. You know, bugs can be a host for tapeworms. So how do you stop? They're an outdoor aviary. How do you? Uh, with that. with screening, screening usually helps. But um, gnats can still get in there. I mean, yeah, gnats can get in. Gnat? Well, you know, if you've got an outdoor aviary, you're typically not going to be terribly worried about all of that. Hopefully, you've got some insect management in place. And um, some insects do have their place. You know, spiders eat other insects. The snakes eat palmetto bugs. And it's just like a whole um, hierarchy of nature there. So you just have to keep it raked and clean underneath. Create a little breeze. That'll keep the gnats away. You know, a natural breeze will often keep them away. Simply by situating the outdoor aviary in a place that gets adequate ventilation and some sunshine may help keep the gnats at bay. You know, mm-hmm. when you when you go... Um, to one section outside your house, the nets may be like really active, and in another right, um, right. area, they may not even be there. But if you have a, a pond in your aviary outside, what could you put fish in there? Or? Well, you would want to put fish in there to eat mosquito larvae and um, other bug life that might land in there. Right. You'd also want um, to be sure that the birds actually have no access to the pond. That's the question. Yeah, right. parrots, How do can't, you do that? parrots can't swim. Well, you keep right. them in enclosed flights around the pond. I see. Rather, although um, a friend of mine on Sanibel, he's got a really huge, huge flight. I would say it's probably about a quarter of an acre. And he has fully flighted Amazons in there, in there wow. and he's got a pond in there. So, you know, if the, if the birds are fully flighted and they're, you know, they're acclimated to the enclosure, I think there's probably very little likelihood that they'll go diving into the pond. Or is there, can you put some sort of mesh over the pond? Is that okay? Yeah, you could certainly put mesh over the pond. That would be a good idea. Yeah. And if you, if you live, you know, in an area near the water where you're going to have herons and things like that flying around, you'll want to make sure that your aviary enclosure is strong enough to withstand their beaks because they're going to be hunting for the fish in those ponds. They certainly are. You know, um, make sure the plants are non-toxic, the trees are non-toxic. Yeah, again, you got to go online, find out. Mm -hmm. Look at Bird Talk magazine. I remember that article. Mm -hmm. I cut out 
little sections of it so I can remind myself. I know. It's important. You know, some of the plants we typically keep as house plants, maybe like philodendron. You know, there are some reports that they're poisonous. There are some reports that they're not poisonous. My advice is, hey, if you have the slightest doubt, do not use them. Right. Okay, well, let's move from plants to... We have another question Ooh. here, right? Yes, here's what somebody Must we wrote. talk about this? All right. Um, <laughs> the horror of it all. I am a new bird owner. Not me, but whoever's asking this question. All right, I am a new bird owner. Don't we have names of people or no? Um, this person right. preferred to remain anonymous. Oh, okay. We recently got two hand-fed cockatiels that we love. That's good. But... How do you deal with the constant droppings? Every time we take them out of the cage, they poop all over the furniture and us. Do we just wipe it up and learn to live with it? Are the droppings hazardous? I have two small boys that crawl around the floor, and if I missed a bird dropping, would it hurt them? I hear about birds carrying diseases, and it scares me. <laughs> the bird dropping that hurt the little boys. Well, poop happens. And as this person has learned, it happens quite frequently. Unless the birds are suffering from psittacosis or other infectious disease that is transmissible from birds to humans, it's very unlikely that the children will suffer any ill effects from contacting the cockatiel's droppings. However, if droppings are permitted to dry and disperse into the air as a fine dust, the powder may exacerbate respiratory ailments or conditions like asthma or allergies, right. and it may affect birds and humans alike. Mm -hmm. And oops, 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 you know what? We need to take a break here for a second, and we'll be right back with uh, more Poop on Poop. Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged big great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Okay, we're back on Wings and Things. Susan Chamberlain here and with Roberta Fabiano here and Ratchet Fabiano. Okay, is Ratchet going to sing this time? I don't think so. Sing, come on. Sing Merry Christmas. Come on. Sing Merry Christmas. Not interested. Just some little chirps. Okay, well, we're talking about the poop. The bird poop. Those prolific cockatiels. And... You know, I'm sure you've noticed that your bird goes quite frequently. Well, guess what? That's normal. As far as cleaning up is concerned, the answer to the person's question is yes. We do continue to wipe up after our birds as long as we share our homes with them. 28 years of servitude to my own flock have taught me that there are things, though, that we can do to make our tasks easier. Keep the birds away from upholstered furniture. 
Droppings can often be removed, but depending on what the birds have eaten, stains may be permanent. If you don't want red stains on your white couch, either keep your bird off the couch or don't feed him beets, cherries, or pomegranates. Yeah. Yes, Good Roberta, idea. how about a suggestion from you here? Yeah. Oh, you uh, have some. let's see. Have birds' wings clipped regularly to prevent accidents and escape. And to prevent them from making regular bombing missions around the house. Yeah, we don't want bombing missions around the house. Just because <laughs> it's green doesn't mean it's pesto. And purchase a gym for your birds to use when they're out of their cages. They'll enjoy their freedom. And the droppings will land on the stands of their stands so that it lands on the floor. That's just part of parrot parenthood. Okay, allow your birds out only in rooms with hard, easy-to-clean floors. Like tile, right? vinyl, maybe wood. yeah, sealed wood. You know, I mean, if your wood has the finish off of it and the bird poop's allowed to languish there, it may stain it. Um, keep moist wipes or paper towels and a roll of toilet paper ready for quick cleanups. You know, many people have a paper towel holder right there next to their bird's cages. It helps quite a bit. Right. Uh, learn to time your bird's droppings and return them to the cage or stand when defecation is imminent. Yeah, I do that. People always say, how do you know? How do you yeah, know when do. crackers <laughs> on my shoulder? Yes, a mother knows. Mother knows. A mother definitely knows. Yes. And, you know, wear a special shirt or light jacket when your birds are on you. I have an old terry cloth beach jacket over my clothes when Cracker, my double yellow head, is helping me around the house. I call it the cracker jacket, and it provides her with a pretty firm grip, and it launders very easily, too. I wear a vest. Ah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that's a good thing. Do you keep yeah. bird treats in the pockets? No, I forgot that. I've not thought of that. Ah, okay. My bird doesn't like treats anyway. Oh, oh here's one. Here's a biggie. Teach the children well. To clean up after their birds. Yeah, that's very important. I want to teach them to do that because, um, you know, what that what they learn when they're kids, they'll take into adulthood with them. Whenever I had pets when I was a child, my parents would say, "Okay, you can, you can have the bird, but or you can have the cat, whatever it was, but you have to take care of it." And I knew they meant business, so I did. You know, pet birds aren't difficult to care for. But they do present many unique challenges. You know, your bird's not just a hobby. It's a lifestyle, right. having a bird. Okay, we have time for one more quick question. Oh, okay. Or maybe a little lengthy one, but right. here we go. I am planning a 10-day trip to San Diego, California from Minnesota. I would love to bring my 8-month-old Blue Crown Macaw with me. What do I need to know to take my bird on a plane? Do I need a vet checkup for a clean bill of health before I leave? Uh, are Blue Crown Conyers allowed in California? That's a pretty good question. Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? Whether Blue Crown Conyers are allowed in California or not, they're kind of proliferating up there in um, San Francisco, or at least one I know of. Um, one wild one <laughs> <laughs> featured in the wild parrots of Telegraph Hill. That's right. But... Um, Yes, blue crown conures are allowed in California. But the first thing you need to do is to purchase an airline approved under the seat style carrier well in advance of your planned trip. You need to call the airlines and see if they even allow birds on the plane in the cabin. I certainly wouldn't recommend shipping an eight month old bird. 
How come? Uh, you know, do you want you really want to put your eight month old no. bird in cargo? Uh-uh. I mean, temperature no. fluctuations, stress, the thought of maybe the bird being lost or misplaced, and from Minnesota to San Diego, you know, do they have nonstop flights, or do you have to make several connections? You know, it's it's just probably um, too stressful for both you and your bird. But the most important advice I can give to anyone planning to fly with a bird is to plan ahead. Four to six months in advance is essential for international travel or destinations outside the continental United States. Well, you could actually bring your bird to to Europe. How well, you, you can bring your bird. You can probably bring your bird to Europe, and it may have to undergo extensive quarantine over there. I wouldn't advise doing it unless you're moving over there right. permanently. Right. And then your other issue is bringing your bird back into the United States. But um, if you're flying domestically, make plane reservations for your bird when you make your own reservations. Uh, Most airlines transport animals and birds in the cargo compartment, but some permit passengers to carry their birds into the cabin as long as the kennel will fit beneath the seat in the plane. Um, Do expect that there'll be a fee to bring your bird on board. When I carried my Senegal parrots on a flight, they were charged only a single fare as they were small birds and they were sharing the same container. Uh, Bring a cover along for the carrier as passenger compartments may be chilly. You know, when a bird travels as cargo, the kennel must be strong enough to withstand the rigors of shipping and spacious enough to permit the bird to stand and rest comfortably. It must be ventilated near the top, and there must be a rim around the kennel to prevent freight from obstructing the vents. Learn which kennels meet these requirements and choose the proper airline-approved container. You have to attach instructions for feeding, watering, and administering medication to the animal and um, put those on the kennel. And there should be a label that says live animals. You know, it's very, it's very, very important. Do you know what airlines are more animal user friendly? Well, I, I just read that Southwest Airline does not permit animals in the passenger cabin. Um, you have to call the individual airline. You know, it, it can change. I could say something today and they could change their mind tomorrow. And, you know, the the big trick here, I guess, is calling the airline and, and getting somebody on the phone. Right. Who 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 knows about it? Although you should you should be able to just just keep trying right. or ask your travel agent. I wouldn't recommend uh, having your bird put in cargo, though. I I, I don't think that's a good idea. No, I wouldn't either. But you know, if you have a big macaw, you may have to. Right. And I had a a bird shipped to me one time by air, and it was absolutely fine. But again, it was a nonstop flight. You know, when when you have a bird shipped, make sure that you are there to meet the bird when it is shipped to you, mm-hmm. and um, you know, get get your bird accustomed to the carrier too before you go on a trip. You don't want to put the bird in the um, carrier for the first time when you're going on the trip. Good, you know, it'll good, be it'll yeah. be stressful. Good plan. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and you don't want to give your bird 
a, a sedative or anything like that. Does anyone mm. ever do that? Oh, uh, have you ever heard of a vet doing that? You know, or, a sedative before yeah, traveling? Yeah. No, I haven't. I um, have heard about birds getting car sick. Oh. And in that case, um, it's possible that a vet may recommend some sort of medication. But again, you know, you would have to consult your avian veterinarian. I certainly wouldn't want to second guess that situation no. at all. And if you're traveling by car, you know, um, bring some treats for your bird. Um, get your bird accustomed to riding in the car by taking short, frequent rides to help your bird get accustomed to it. Extra water. Oh, extra water or, um, you know, the water will often splash around. Get your bird accustomed to drinking out of a drinking water bottle and right. attach that. How to... do you do that? That's another story in itself to get your bird to do, be used to that. Well, most of them will if you position it, you know, at the, a proper height above the perch, near a perch. Uh, the, they all have like a little ball right in the spigot. And birds' natural curiosity will lead them to investigate it. Is that why that's there? Uh, partly. And it's also there to keep the water from just flowing out. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them have a red ball in there to mm -hmm. um, give the bird a little more interest but um, most bir most birds will learn to drink from one. But again, be sure that your bird's actually drinking from it before you depend on it. And bring some nice juicy fruit and vegetables for your bird when you're traveling. If the bird doesn't drink the water, if the bird water splashes out, you know, with the motion of your car, you'll have some grapes and a half an orange and a piece of grapefruit and some apples and, you know, things like that for the bird to eat. And they'll get plenty of water out of that. Oh, good. Yeah, they certainly will. Well, you yes. travel. You make short trips with Ratchet all the time. Oh, there's Ratchet. She's complaining. <laughs> She's saying, I don't want to do that anymore. Yes. Don't you even talk about it. What doesn't she want to do? She doesn't want to go on a trip. Doesn't want to travel anymore. She doesn't want to travel. She's no. such a diva. But um, you can find more about traveling um, with your pet bird at um when about traveling abroad and back home with your pet bird go to US Fish and Wildlife Services website it's www.f as in frank w as in william s as in sam .gov, g o v and you can also go to afisusda.gov that is the animal care and um, the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And your website there is www.aphisusda.gov ac. That's www.aphis.usda.gov forward slash ac. And you'll be able to find more information about traveling with your pet bird internationally. Domestically, you may need a health certificate for interstate travel. It's always a good idea to have it. It's a good idea to um, get vet referrals for your itinerary. Ask your avian veterinarian for a referral of somewhere along the road. Uh, consult the Association of Avian Veterinarians website or consult Birds USA. That's a publication of Bird Talk magazine for veterinary and bird club listings and call ahead to verify hours and availability.
Bring your health certificate if necessary. Have your bird's wings and nails clipped before right. you go on a trip. Um, do you have some ideas here, Roberta? Did, for uh, did we mention about the uh, the coagulant powder that we should probably carry with us? Oh, when we're yeah. Traveling? In the first aid kit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, if your bird catches a nail or chips its beak, you know, um, during the trip, you'll want to be able to stop the bleeding. So you'll want to bring some coagulum powder or even just some, um, what do you call it? The sunflower. Yeah, what is it? Cornstarch. Cornstarch. Okay, that works? Mm -hmm. Wow. And, you know, a friend gave me a really good idea. for stopping bleeding, she put a a, a towel or a, over her hand or a mm-hmm. glove on her hand and sprinkled it with cornstarch and then got the bird to step onto her hand. So the as the nail gripped, it got the cornstarch on the chipped nail and the bleeding stopped. Oh, that's so good. she didn't have to go through the trauma of restraining the bird. Right. But yeah, bring an avian first aid kit. Know how to use it. Right. And bring some drinking water from your home, too, for the first couple of days, because your bird may be sensitive to other um, drinking, other water supplies. And don't forget to bring a knife, too, because that's always one of those things you forget about if you want to cut some nice fruit. Sure, you want to cut up the fruit and vegetables. You need to have your knife. You won't be allowed to bring one on a plane, though. You'll have to use those little plastic knives from, from the airplane. Right. And right. Um, a light-colored cage cover for daytime travel. I always like to cover my birds with um, a white cover so they can perceive daylight. What about a portable stand? Um, yeah, you could do that. You can certainly bring a portable stand and um, a tabletop one. Bring bring some paper, maybe some wax paper to mm-hmm. put inside the bird's cage. And um, how about playing some music? How about some music for the bird to calm him? Like yes. like preferably, uh, there's a great song I know. You know, Dogan, Connor, and Tupelo. Oh yes, the, the birds song love the, that song from the Wild Parrots of Telegraph yeah. Hill. Yes, play that in your car. Soothing music <laughs> in your car. You know, don't have the car vibrating with hip hop. <laughs> Because they love it. (laughs) Yeah, the the birds love it, but maybe not on a trip. And last but not least, make advance reservations for hotels and motels. Find out who's bird friendly. Yeah, find out who's pet pet friendly. friendly. Well, I think we run way over on this edition of Wings and Things. But thank you, Roberta, for being here. We're happy to be here once again. Yes, it's the best. Say bye-bye. Say bye-bye, Roger. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you later. See you later. She's She's licking the microphone. There you go. She's not going to say anything. She's just going to lick the mic. Well, anyway, thanks again for tuning in to Wings and Things. And email me your questions and experiences with your feathered friends. Susan at PetLifeRadio.com. Signing off. Thank you. Join us every week on Wings and Things with your host, Susan Chamberlain, and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com.